And I want to I use the word of God this, this month to help you with headaches. Somebody put uh-oh in the chat. Uh-oh. Head- headaches. Headaches. I, I want to help you in this area, and I believe God's got something to say. So I want to read a few verses of scripture found in the book of Numbers chapter 13, beginning at verse 30. And it says this. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men of that city who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw Nephilim there. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. I want to talk from this subject in this first lesson in this headache series. Here it is, family. My head is hurting me. <laughs> My head is hurting me. Family, I like to leap into this lesson today by articulating an axiom I was exposed to in a book I read a few years ago. The author articulated this thought, and here it is for my note takers. Spiritual growth is not just a journey toward God discovery. It is also a journey toward self-discovery. In other words, growing spiritually does not just increase my God consciousness. Growing spiritually also increases my self-awareness. I don't just get to know God better when I grow. I also get to know me better when I grow. And I would argue it is incredibly and uniquely important to regularly and consistently emphasize this. Because I need everybody under the sound of my voice to listen to me and to listen closely. The quality of my life is not just determined by what I believe about God. The quality of my life is also determined by what I believe about me. The quality of my life is not just determined by how well I know God. The quality of my life is going to be equally impacted by how well I know me. And all throughout scripture, there are examples of individuals who did not reach their redemptive potential who got detoured on their way to destiny, who got plateaued when it came to their progress, not because they didn't know God well, but because they didn't know themselves well. Come on. Moses knew God well. Come on. (laughs) I said Moses knew God well. 
He, God said to Moses, I talk to Moses. He said, all my other servants I speak to in dreams and visions. But my servant Moses, I speak to face to face. We've got a different kind of relationship. They were so intimate with one another that when Moses says, watch this, uh, 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 when Moses' associates been, began to talk in ways that were unhealthy and unhelpful about him, Moses wasn't even around. Moses struck Miriam, um, God struck Miriam with leprosy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Moses knew God well. <laughs> but he didn't reach his redemptive potential. He got detoured on his way to destiny. He got plateaued when it came to his progress because he didn't know him well. He underestimated his own anger. And as a result of underestimating his own anger, he constantly put himself in position where he was triggered. And he didn't set boundaries when it came to other people. And as a result of that, he responded in a way that undermined his influence. And when you lose your influence, you lose your leadership value in the eyes of God. He says, Moses, now you can see the land, but you can't go in. Not because you don't know me. You didn't know you well enough to protect you from you. David knew God well. God said of him, this is a man that is after my own heart. But, but David did not reach his redemptive potential. David got detoured on his way to destiny. David had his progress plateaued. Because he didn't know himself. He underestimated how the rejection from his father impacted not just his life, but his leadership. And how in his own leadership, he created a breeding ground that birthed individuals like Absalom. And brought division and dysfunction into the kingdom. To such a degree and a dimension that the latter part of his life was filled with chaos and paranoia and bloodshed. Not because he didn't know God well, but because he didn't know himself well. Solomon knew God well. God appears to him in a dream and trusts him so much. He asks him, what do you want? He asked him the question because he knew he could trust Solomon's answer. But Solomon ended up not reaching his redemptive potential. Solomon ended up being detoured on his way to destiny. Solomon family ended up being plateaued in the area of his progress, not because he didn't know God well, but because he didn't know himself well. He did not understand the implications of being born to Bathsheba. And how growing up in that corporate scrutiny, because you know people talked. And growing up under that corporate scrutiny created some emotional complexity and wounds in him. Some pain that he medicated through relationships. So he used women not for a company, but he used women to medicate pain and to address an esteem issue that was probably connected to the woman he was born to. He knew God well. (laughs) 
but he didn't know himself. Well, and I just need to pause for the cause and say in 2022, if this is going to be the year of greater, this has to be the year where we make a decision. I'm not just going to get to know God better this year. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But in addition to that, I'm going to get to know me better. Because when I look back in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and 2017, God wasn't a problem. Okay, let me, let me see if I can find some honest people. Yeah, when I look back over my life, I can see God has not been the problem. I've been the problem. And so maybe this year, as opposed to just trying to get to know God, this is the year where I got to get to know me. What you doing this year? I'm getting to know me. I'm researching me. I'm reflecting on me. I'm talking to me. I'm listening to me. I'm spending time with me. I'm taking me out. I'm knowing my life likes and my dislikes, my needs and my preferences, my strengths and my weaknesses. I got to know me. And just like knowing God requires intentionality. (laughs) Knowing me requires intentionality. Because how much we grow and how far we go is not just based on how we see God but also how we see us. Darius prove it. It's it's in the text. Our foundational text here in Numbers 13 family exposes us to an experience with Israel that teaches us a lot about the power of insight. I want you to see what's happening in the text family. These people in this text, I want you to catch this, don't reach their redemptive potential. They get detoured on their way to destiny. They plateau in their progress, not because they didn't have vision. Their issue was they didn't have value. They didn't have a vision issue. They had a value issue. It wasn't that they didn't have value. It's they couldn't see it. (laughs) See, I want you to catch this. They didn't have a vision issue. They had a value issue. What does that mean, Darius? It means they could see out. They just couldn't see in. And sometimes the issue in our lives is not that we don't see things for ourselves. We can see dreams. We can see vision. We can see goals. We can see potential. But sometimes those, that potential and those dreams and that goals don't become a reality. Not because we can't see it. It's because we can't see us. The people in the text saw the land right. But they saw themselves wrong. Yeah, it's it's right here in the text, guys. God's people had been led by Moses in an exodus out of Egypt. They had been in bondage generationally over 400 years. Egypt representing, watch this, life that is inconsistent with the intention of our creator. Bondage. Pharaoh representing the devil. Moses is an antitype of Jesus. (laughs) 
because he exists with this double consciousness. He's born Hebrew, but raised Egyptian. Jesus is born divine, raised human. Moses leads Israel out of a physical Egypt. Jesus leads you and me out of a spiritual Egypt. Moses sets them free from a literal Pharaoh. Jesus sets us free from a spiritual Pharaoh, the devil. Moses leads them through a Red Sea, literally. Paul says that Red Sea is a metaphor for baptism. Are y'all following me so far? Moses takes them the way and the route that God leads. And this way is a way through a place and a space called the wilderness, which is a desert. And this wilderness, guys, is a transitional space. It's where you're out of Egypt, but you're not in Canaan. You're not where you were, but you're not where you're going. Things are not as bad as they used to be, but they're not as good as they can be. He takes them this way because this way is a way that he wants to use to do some purging and to do some preparing. You got me? Okay. In the wilderness, purging had to happen. Purging of what, Darius? Purging of issues, purging of attitudes, and purging of individuals. He says, because there's some dysfunction that you possessed in previous seasons that wasn't destructive. But now that you're getting ready to go where I'm taking you, you can no longer take that with you. You've been able to come this far with that, but you can go no further with that. And I want to pause for the calls and ask, is there anybody in here that's sensing I'm in a purging season? There's some stuff I've been carrying for years, and I get a sense right now. I can't carry this into my next. I can't carry this into my next. I can't carry that into my next, and I can't carry them into my next. I don't know who this is for, but I need you to identify your this, your that, and your them. Because if you're going to go to the next level, there are some things you got to drop off in the wind. He, he puts them in the wilderness. I want you to catch this. But he only brings them out to take them in, into a place called Canaan, which represents the father's intended end for their life. So they only come out to go in. When Moses is talking to Israel about the exit from Egypt, he never mentions the wilderness. He only talks about Canaan. The wilderness is not even a part of the conversation. He's saying, I'm bringing you out of here. 
for the purpose of taking you into there. He never mentions the wilderness, which means, are y'all ready for this? Are you sure? Okay, here it is, which means, guys, that the wilderness could be two, one of two things. It could be a stage or a state, but it's not God's choice. It's their choice. He says this can be a stage that you go through temporarily or this could be a state that you find yourself in long term. But that's not my choice. This is <laughs> this is your choice. Whether or not this is a stage or a state. Darius, what do you mean? Well, what about God's will? Let's unpack that then, family. Because God's will is multifaceted, right? So there's something I would call the providential will of God versus the preferred will of God. And the providential will of God are the things that God's determined to do independent of human assistance and participation. It's, it's him saying, I'm going to do this because I'm God. It is, it is him not one before he makes one, before he makes any decision and not requiring the participation of anyone to bring it to pass. It is the equivalent of God's saying, I'm going to offer salvation to the world because I said so. I'm going to give it to you free because I said so. I'm going to send my son Jesus because I said so. That is the providential will of God. But then there's something called the preferred will of God. And that's what God desires for you to experience. It's what he prefers for you to possess, but he requires your participation. So come on now. So 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 God deciding to offer salvation, that's providential. Whether or not you accept it, that's preferred. Did you hear what I he said? Wilderness family. The wilderness was, I want you to catch this, the wilderness provided them an opportunity to step into Canaan, and Canaan was his preferred. He said, I prefer you go here. But that's not my choice. It's your choice. God, take my marriage to the next level. That's not my choice. God, heal my broken heart. That's not my choice. God, get me out of this cycle. That's not my choice. I, Lord, give me more peace in my mind. That's not my choice. I prefer that you have it. I'll assist you in obtaining it. But I will not do it for you. That's not my choice. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. He said, I always give you a choice. Before there was sin, you had a choice. <laughs> and I've always given you the ability to use or misuse choice. You can eat from the tree or not. That's your choice. Lord, I want to stay in Eden forever. That's not my choice. How you manage the tree determines how long you stay. Are y'all here? 
So they got a choice to go into Canaan. Moses sins. Are y'all all right? Yes. I ain't even started yet. <laughs> Listen to me. Moses, I ain't even got to my, my content yet. Moses sends 12 spies over into the land to spy it out. They come back, and this is what they say. Everything God said is there, is there. But something else is there that God didn't say would be there. He said, God said this was going to be a land that was agriculturally rich, flowing with milk and honey. He said, we went over here. Here are the grapes. The grapes are there. And you said they would be there. But there's something else there that you didn't say would be there. Giants are there. So they affirm that everything that God said would be there was there. But there was also something that God didn't say would be there was there. And so now they didn't believe. That they could have what God said would be there just because they ran into something that wouldn't be there. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. God said grapes are going to be there. He didn't say giants were going to be there. And when they saw the giants, they started doubting whether or not they could get the grapes. But if God didn't mention the giants, it's because the giants aren't an issue to you getting the grapes. If the giants would have been an issue, I would have mentioned it. Y'all aren't talking to me. And there are some people that are about to walk away from your grapes because of some giants. And I want to tell you that the reason God's not talking to you about the giants is because the giants don't matter. And the reason God didn't tell you this was coming is because it doesn't matter. Because what you see now doesn't change what he said then. If I said it's for you, it's for you. If I said it's yours, it's yours. And I want somebody in this room to put your hands together and drop some fire in that chat if you're going to get it anyway. I'm getting it anyway. I'm getting it anyway. I'm getting it anyway. Divorce, but getting it anyway. Bankrupt, but getting it anyway. Close the business down, but getting it anyway. Made some mistakes, but I'm getting it anyway. A just man falls seven times in a day, but rise back up again. I'm getting it anyway. Somebody say anyway, 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 anyway. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. So the Bible says, he says 12 spies. It's, it's so much in that. Comes back. Watch this. And all of them saw the same thing. But all of them didn't see the same thing. Because there were 12 of them that went over there. 10 of them came back and said, the land is everything you said. But... There are giants in the land. And we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Wait one minute. How do you know what you look like to them? You don't. You are projecting your own insecurities into other people 
and talking yourself out of fighting a fight that's fixed. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. They said, we're grasshoppers in our eyes. Okay, now wait a minute. You never called yourself a grasshopper until you saw the giant. So you see yourself small because you're comparing. Did you hear what I just said? Your, your comparison has you seeing yourself in a way you never saw yourself before. You never had grasshopper issues before until you got to a season where you got exposed to an obstacle you didn't expect. And how you respond to the obstacle reveals the size of your sense of self. Listen to me. Ten of them said, we can't do it. But there were two. Joshua and Caleb. And they said, let us go up at once. Y'all better come get me. He said, at once. Let's go up at once. Not tomorrow. Not next week. I'm ready now. How about y'all? See, I think some people forget that Joshua and Caleb were not born in the wilderness. They were born in Egypt. So they came out of bondage into the wilderness. Y'all missed it. In their mind, they're saying, it, there is no way that I am going to waste that season of my life and settle for a state that is less than God's best. I am tired and it's my now season. Y'all listen. Somebody just put in the chat now, now, now. It's my now season. I want a breakthrough now. I want peace now. I want joy now. Now faith is the substance. Faith is now. Faith is not then. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. They say at once, for we are well able to take them. They didn't deny the existence of the problem. They say giants there, but they ain't got nothing to do with me. So the majority of Israel becomes influenced by the majority of spies. But what's scary is the majority was wrong. <laughs> and so here's some of our problem. Look at me. Here's some of our problem. You want to be successful and normal. <laughs> Let me come back. <laughs> That's the problem. Because if you're normal, you're with the 10. Yeah, the normal is the 10. And that's the problem. You want to be normal and successful. 
and you can't be both. Some of you are too loyal to, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are too loyal to normal. You, you're too loyal to normal. You're, you're chasing normal. You're, you're seeking normal. You're, you're pursuing normal. You feel like something's wrong when you're not normal. When normal is wilderness. Normal's, normal's wilderness. Normal marriage is a wilderness marriage. That's normal. Normal finances, wilderness, wilderness finances. Normal mindset, wilderness mindset. You can be normal. But you also know that means you're going to be mediocre. God, deliver us from the desire for normal. I know some people are trying to get delivered from bad, and some people are trying to get delivered from worse, but I'm praying that God delivers us from normal. Lord, set us free, because normal isn't working. Normal is wilderness. Are y'all okay? If you're okay, put I'm okay in the chat. If you're not okay, put I'm not okay. I'm not. It's so much in this, guys. I may have time to deal with this. Because why Moses send them? I'm, I'm not going to bother that. Why you send them and why were they unclear on their assignment? God already told us it's ours. So I don't need your opinion on possibility. I just need, I, I, I don't need your opinion on whether or not we should go there. I just need you to tell me what's there. God already said we're going. And there are too many people like Moses. You second guessing your options. Because you're listening to too many opinions. <laughs> Watch this, guys. Let me get to what I'm actually trying to say. I've been, I've been going all this time just to get here. So that entire generation ends up dying in the wilderness. I want you to catch this, except for two of them, Joshua and Caleb, and it wasn't God's fault. They could not blame this on God's will. Here's the issue. They end up dying in the wilderness. Are y'all ready? They end up dying in the wilderness, and it wasn't because of their talent. It was because of their thinking. They were thinking about themselves wrong. There were giants there. That's true. But they aren't grasshoppers. So the giants didn't kill them. The grasshopper did. 
And I'm trying to tell some of you, it's not your giant problem that's killing you. It's not the giant obstacle that's killing you. It's not the giant opposition that you're facing. The problem is not the giant on the outside. The problem is the grasshopper on the inside. If we can fix the grasshopper, we can kill the giants. Listen to me. The problem was not with their hands. The problem was with their head. Their head was hurting them. Did you hear what I just said? I said their head was hurting them. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I need to pause for the cause and tell you I don't know what was hurting in 2021, but I'm telling you it was probably a headache. Did you hear what I just said? I said, I don't know what was hurting in 2021, but it was probably a headache. Because as your mind goes, your life follows. So every ache in life is tied back to a headache. Your head hurts you relationally. Your head hurts you financially. Your head hurts you professionally. Your head hurts you spiritually. My head is hurting me. If I can fix my head, I can fix some of my aches. Darius, how do I know if my life ache is actually a headache? If the ache is chronic and incessant, It's probably a headache. What does that mean? If my relationships are bad all the time, that's a headache. It's something about the way I'm thinking about relationships that's contributing to the dysfunction in them. Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? How am I thinking about this? Because I can't fix that until I fix this. I'm done. Y'all tired. I got a minute, 48 seconds left. And what I've learned is, guys, headaches have two things. They got symptoms and sources. And when I look at this text, I'm wondering, like, man, What contributed to them believing they were grasshoppers? Where did they get that from? So here's the question I think we, we all got to ask, right? Who's it, are y'all, I hope y'all getting this. I don't, I, who is influencing the way you think? Not just Who's influencing what we do? Who's influencing the way you think about a thing? So I want you to look at your relationships. What do you think about them? What do you think about relationships? Now, who's influencing that? And I don't know if we we vet those sources the way that we do. 
the way that we should. We grasshoppers, okay. I don't even want to judge you on that yet. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about where you got that from. I, I, I don't even want to argue about whether or not it's true. Where did you get that from? Our head is hurting us. This is really weird, guys, because Miles Monroe put it this way. The graveyard is not just filled with tombs. It's filled with unfulfilled potential. It's filled with people that never got to Canaan because their head was in their way. It's like you got all this talent. But your head is hurting you. Somebody put in the chat, get out of my head. Get out of my head. You could have started it by now if you just got out your head. You could have wrote it by now if you just got out your head. You could have fixed it by now if you just got out your head. I'm going to tell you something. I think there are three sources we need to vet. Number one, other individuals. Association produces assimilation. I don't have time to deal with this, guys, but I'm just going to throw this out. Maybe we'll circle back around later at some point and deal with it. But all company that you enjoy is not company to add value. And you have to ask yourself, what part of me is connecting to the dysfunction in them? What in me still like that? And I'm not saying both can't happen. But I am saying some of us are getting our grasshopper mentality from others. Because it's grasshopper conversations. And it's grasshopper type complaints. Here's another one, though. It's not just other individuals. Sometimes it's our experiences. Bad experiences in the past create beliefs about the future. So some people believe they can't because they tried before and they didn't. So now that experience has become an authority. And so, so they believe because I didn't do it then, I can't do it now. Boy, I don't have time. When sometimes Jesus will tell you, just throw your net on the other side of the boat. So let me ask you something. Has, has failure done something to your faith? Think about that. Has failure done something to your faith? 
other individuals, other experiences. Here, here's the other one. Assumptions. Improper assessments of your own ability. Make assumptions. You've improperly assessed what you can do. Somebody put in the chat, I don't know what I can do. Put it in the chat. I don't know. You don't know what you can do. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. Get in and know he could lead an army. <laughs> there was nothing about Gideon's life that said army leader. Nothing. Moses didn't know he could speak in front of people. Jeremiah didn't know he could prophesy. Joseph didn't know he could raise a Messiah. The Joseph in the Old Testament didn't know he could survive a pit and prison. There's a you in you you hadn't met yet. And you're making assumptions about what you can't do without trying. My head is hurting me. And I want to do something really quickly. I want to just pause for a moment of um, reflection. Holy Spirit spoke to me this week and um, said, Darius, make sure your preaching is pastoral. Pandemic not being in person every week can have you preaching to masses and not raising a family. Darius, everybody that listened to you, you hadn't been called to raise. So make sure you're not neglecting the raising of a spiritual family just by feeding the masses. Just, just nothing, nothing. I wasn't out of line, not an order, but Holy Spirit, a little check. Say, make sure your preaching is pastoral. And so I want us to do some reflection here. Because this is not a, it's not a conference. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not throwing a word and going and getting on the truck and leaving somewhere else. I'm a pastor. This is a spiritual family. And we need more than information. We need integration into our life. So this is what I want to do. I want you to create some space right now, wherever you are. And this is part of what I believe. God, remember, God doesn't cause everything, but God can use anything. And I, I don't believe God caused COVID, but I believe God wants to use it in some way. He wants to redeem it in some way. And I think one of the things he's trying to get us to do, guys, is he's really trying to get us to see the importance of personal altars. And we don't have one. So in, if you can't have an encounter with God outside the four walls of the church, there's something wrong with the way we're approaching this. And I want to tell you, my time's up. I want to tell you, I want you to pause for a moment, wherever you are. 
and ask God. Because, see, I don't know the answer to this. And ask God, God, show me where my head is hurting me. Holy Spirit, right in my living room. Holy Spirit, right in my car. Holy Spirit, as I sit in this chair. Holy Spirit, as I take this walk. Holy Spirit, as I'm right here on vacation, wherever you are. Holy Spirit, show me where my head is hurting me. There are some things I've watched God do in and through my life. This caused me to see the only thing that has ever been in my way was my head. And I just want you right now to just pause and say, Holy Spirit, show me where my head is hurting me. I I need to know. I need to see. So, Father, I just pray right now for each and every person under the sound of my voice. God, deliver us from headaches. Where our head is hurting us. And I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit, which is our illuminator, our enlightener. I pray that your Holy Spirit would enlighten us. God, show me where my head is hurting me so that I can get out of my Egypt, out of my wilderness, and into my Canaan. I ask this for your people in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Put amen in that chat. Clap your hands all over this studio. Come on, let me hear the praise, the high praises of God be heard.